You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with the wonderful, the beautiful, and awe-inspiring entrepreneur, speaker, coach, and author of Magnetic Confidence, Ashley Hanawaker. Ashley, I'm so excited for you to be on this episode. We've been talking about it for a long minute now, and this is the day. I am so excited. Thank you so much for having me, Joel. So, the conversation of confidence. This here gets me really jazzed. I know that you wrote a book on it. Yeah, it gets me jazzed too. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, for anyone that doesn't know Ashley, she can get super goofy sometimes. So, I'm going to jump in this and really dive into a a conversation that will open her right up because I know that when you get her into that place of uh, high-level confidence, things get really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've even snorted on some occasion. (laughs) <laughs> it may happen. <laughs> now that's confidence. <laughs> love it. Love it. So, so actually, let's go into this. What is confidence to you? Define confidence for us so we can really set a great framework here to understand how we can become more magnetically confident. Yeah. So confidence for me is a deep knowing of who you are and that who you are is enough and who you are is worthy. And magnetic confidence is a little different. So magnetic confidence really ties in the law of attraction. So it's really that deep knowing, giving you the ability to attract anything and everything that you want into your experience and repelling everything that's not in alignment with what you want. Because you become polarizing, you become magnetic because you're so grounded in who you are. Wow. That's probably one of the best answers I've heard when it comes to the definition of confidence. You've really broken it down well. So- I want to talk a little bit about what goes on within us, right? Because you have these people where they seem to be confident and it may be like a show, right? It's like an overcompensation thing that they do. How do we really battle with this? How do we go in and go, well, what's the dark parts? Because it's about shining the light on the darkness. I know you talk about this in your book. Let's go into that because I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So, It's funny because a lot of people, there's all this thing, positivity, positivity. And what I'm seeing people do is they're actually painting over themselves with positivity. And if you like, if you think of like a plant, right? And that plant's like kind of withering away and the leaves start to turn brown. It's like someone taking green paint and just painting it green to make it look like it's healthy, to make it look like it's great. And people do this all the time, especially because there is all this emphasis on be positive, be positive. But what you don't want is to be a fake positive because you're just painting over what's really going on. And the I so really it comes down to finding the beauty in your contrast. And Everyone has contrast. Everyone has a light side and a dark side to them. Every single person, that's what makes us human. That's the beauty in being a human. And the more we resist this darkness, the more we resist it, I always say what you resist persists. And not only that, but it festers and grows because when you're hiding your darkness, 
you're being secretive about your darkness. Secrecy breeds shame. So the more you hide it and press it down, the more that darkness builds. So it doesn't just persist. It actually festers and grows the more you hide it. So yes, it's so important to shine light on our darkness, bring it to light. The only way we can overcome our darkness is by shining light on it and not resisting it, but actually embracing those parts of us and channeling them to like transforming essentially your pain into your purpose. Well, I like that you went there, you know, because you hear a lot of people talk about shattering limiting beliefs. They keep going into like, we need to break the limiting beliefs. We need to destroy it. I'm a big believer that it never fully goes away, that it still can reside there in a way, but it's really about rewriting it, right? It's stacking empowering beliefs on top. And I think this conversation of how do we rewrite the stories that are going on in our mind. I think if we could dive into this, this would be a game changer because I know so many people are so good at telling stories. We're so great at writing our own stories, right? And making up these like fantasy movies in our mind of how we think life is or even terrible dramatic movies in our mind. So Mm -hmm. how do we do this? How do we rewrite the story? Yeah. And the, the first part is knowing, hey, you are the sole uncontested author of your life. Get that in your body and know that because that's, that's step one. So knowing that you are in charge of everything, you're the source of everything that's showing up in your life and a and majority of it has to do with the stories you're telling yourself. Uh, so it's, it's really important to face all of it and know that like I, in my book, I talk about facing the ugly is what I say. Um, <laughs> but it's true. Like it's, it's, it's easy to talk about all the pretty stuff, the positive pretty stuff, but very few of us want to go there and talk about the quote unquote ugly stuff, right? The, the dark stuff. Um, so when we talk about rewriting our story, so once we've identified what the story is, there's a really crucial step in there. And that is identifying your fake reward, the reason why you're doing those things that you know aren't serving you deep down. Like you know that these things are costing you, yet you keep doing them. We would not, as humans, we're not going to do anything unless we're getting some kind of form of immediate gratification, some benefit initial. And it's usually something that happens right away. So it's, it's really important to identify, hey, why am I sabotaging? Why am I, why am I acting in this, uh, acting out? my darkness. Why, why am I doing that? There's a reason why you're getting some false uh, or fake reward, as I like to call it. And then it's also identifying the real cost. So what's actually the real undesired outcome that's showing up in your life because you're running this limiting belief or limiting story about yourself, right? So like, for example, you're not getting that promotion yet. Like say you're not where you, where you want to be in your career, right? So that's the real undesired result where Actually, that's stemming from some limiting belief that you're running about yourself and you're acting that out, right? So the really crucial part before you even start to rewrite your stories is realizing why you've been running these to begin with, the limiting, disempowering stories and the cost, like what it's actually costing you life. Mm, Yes, I absolutely believe that we get to rewrite this. And I think that a lot of people are not understanding that you are in control, right? You're in control of your perceptions, which are your beliefs. You're in control of the decisions that you make and you're also in control of your actions. Mm -hmm. And you have a tattoo on you 
What does that <laughs> tattoo say? Share that with the listeners right okay, now. I know we're wait. getting a little bit personal here, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Okay, but first of all, which tattoo? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have about six of them. On your <laughs> so rib. I, yes, yes, your rib. yes. Okay, <laughs> I, I know. That's, that's the one. So, um, and I, I, I want to talk more about this, actually, because it's so important. I grew up with this quote all over. It's all over every wall in my dad's home growing up. Like, you couldn't even sit on the toilet without reading this quote because it was literally framed right in front of the toilet. <laughs> That's, yeah. So it's ingrained in me and now it's, it's on me. So uh, the quote is, your thoughts create your words, your words create your actions, your actions create your character, and your character determines your destiny. So it all starts with one single thought. So my dad would always say, be careful what you think, be careful what you think. And even more so, be careful what you say, because when you say things, you're giving energy to the thought. You're making it that much more real. And a lot of us say things, we don't just think things, but we also say things that are super disempowering. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember when I was 14 years old, I was playing state basketball. And I remember every time I go up and take a shot and the ball would hit the backboard and bounce off or it would kind of what we call like a dunny roll where it goes in and rolls around and, and shoots out and it doesn't quite go in. I used to swear. I used to say, oh, F this or, or like shit, you know, and uh, my coach caught me doing it. Mm-hmm. And he said, Joel, come here Why the game was pl- um, happening. And then I, I came over to him and he said, Every time you shoot and you say that, guess what? You're turning that into reality over and over again. You're repeating it. He said, next time you take a shot, even if you miss, I want you to say to yourself, next shot, I've got this. Next shot, I've got this. And so I started doing that, right? I started doing it every time I miss. And my, my shot game actually improved. My, my points went up by another 30 to 40%. And it was crazy. That just that day, I remember just like warped my mind as to how our words become worlds. Mm-hmm. It's so important to watch the words that we use because it's bad enough that it happens in your mind first, right? And that's natural and that's, that's okay. But the second thing that comes out is it passes that gateway and comes out of your mouth. When you do that, you reinforce it in your mind and you yep. can disempower yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a form of sabotage. And actually that, what you just said, a lot of people, I used to do that all the time. I remember, Joel, I even, I don't know if I, I think I told you this story. I, I broke my ankle because I lost, I, yeah, I lost at a tennis match and <laughs> I was so mad. I was so upset. I just tried to kick the, there was a, that container that holds the tennis balls. I tried to kick it. <laughs> I totally missed and I just hit the pavement and literally it broke. And this was in Hawaii. So I broke, I had a broken ankle in Hawaii. But it, so the, the thing about this is, right, it's like, it's all, it's very reactionary and it's very, um, it's, it's, it's an unconscious way of, of dealing with undesired outcomes. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. actually a form of self beat up. Right, because in that moment you're like, when when you miss that shot, you cussing and saying that's that's actually a form of self beat up because you're upset at yourself for not making oh, for it. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Which yeah, which is is completely sabotaging. Again, like, another thing I grew up with is what you focus on is what you get. So when you're focusing, like what your coach said, is exactly that. When you're focusing on the fact that you didn't make it, on the fact that you lost that tennis match, on the fact that whatever that is, that undesired result, you're, that's going to keep showing up in your life because you're giving your energy to it. You're focusing on it. Oh, yeah. And the same thing goes for 
let's say you hold resentment or let's say you haven't forgiven someone as well. Mm-hmm. Every time that thought keeps crossing your mind, you're bringing yourself back to that old place, which means you're not creating anything new for your future. Mm-hmm. And I know you talk about this in your book. You talk a bit about resentment and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like there's just so much that we think we've moved through, but we haven't. There's just so much more that we need to let go of. And so many people want to learn new strategies and new things all the time, not knowing that maybe it's not about adding new things. Maybe it's about letting things go. Mm-hmm. They're painting over their painting. That's what it is. So the real underlying issue is not being addressed. And that's, gonna, that's the thing that's going to keep popping, you know, rearing its head. And when you're getting those tough situations, it's going to rear its head again because you haven't dealt with it. You're just painting over with positivity. You're painting over, over with new strategies, with tactics and all these things when really you, you haven't even dealt with the real core underlying issue. Yeah, I feel like that's the difference between inspiration and transformation. You keep looking for inspiration, inspiration all the time. Transformation is what happens within and it goes deep. And it takes and work. It absolutely takes work. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's scary, right? You got to get vulnerable. You got to face these demons, these dark thoughts and things that we've been told are not good in society. And so sometimes like getting up and going, you know what, this is me. And, and, and really accepting the fact that you're not perfect that's a tough thing to do when you're in a world that keeps saying you have to be perfect all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. C- comparison. Uh, it's, it's really easy to fall in that trap, especially with social media. Like you're scrolling through feeds and you're seeing what everyone else is doing and you're like, oh, I, and then you start shitting on yourself. You're like, I should do that. Oh, I should be doing that. Or I should be, you know, or I shouldn't be doing this. And uh, really, I was actually just talking about this yesterday is we will come to this place where we're actually, if there's anyone listening who has a personal brand, right? Like you're the face of your brand and you're constantly comparing yourself and making moves based on what other people are doing, right? You're actually commoditizing yourself. Uh. So, So you're going from a competition of none because no one is like you. The more you embrace your uniqueness, your personal brand, who you are, the more you'll show up authentically, you'll stand out because there's no one like you, period, period, end of story. The more you start trying to be like everyone else, like that person, like that person, especially if the person you're trying to be like has a lot of people also following them. All right. Again, you're going from a competition of none to a competition of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands because you're not being yourself. And that takes confidence. It takes confidence. That's why confidence, that's why I'm so passionate about confidence because it takes confidence to fully embrace all of you. Like, I know I'm a goofball. I know sometimes I can be really dorky, but like, and I used to shun that side of me. Like, I used to be ashamed of that side of me for real. I, I would shove it down. I hated that part of me. I didn't accept that part of me. I was trying to be like somebody else. And that was creating, that was doing nothing for me in my life. That was holding me back from being and stepping into my true power. And, um, and that all does come from the pressure we put on ourselves to be like someone else, to be what is societal, like what's accepted in society, that perfect fit, that perfect mold. And we're, we're betraying ourselves in that process. And I was doing that for the longest time in my life. And I know you've been through that too, Joel. Oh, absolutely. I used to do things for the approval of others. And I used to say yes to things that I really wanted to say no to. I was betraying myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what it really took ashes it it was like this i reached this point of pain where i was like so out of alignment i couldn't deny it anymore i was like there's something really not right here and i felt this knot in my stomach 
and just my dreams and inspirations were just echoing through my head and I'll, and, and it just kept pointing me in a different direction. And I eventually listened to that, you know, the whispers of wisdom and decided to pack my bags and move to a new space and place bets on myself and try something what I used to think was scary and step in. And, you know, I think the thing too is that you were talking before about how people compare and they try and be like others. I think a lot of people do know what their genius is, but they get so distracted by, I call it chasing freaking unicorns, right? It's like chasing this elusive thing that's like the non-existent thing, like thinking that it's for them, but it's not for them because it was never given to them as their purpose or their gift. And if we really stepped into what our genius really was, we'd find that even if it's a little bit similar to some other people's, uh, let's say, craft, Mm -hmm. it's a smaller size niche. And in a smaller size niche, you can build credibility faster. Because I know you do a bit of branding and marketing. I think even to like move into that space a bit in the conversation is that if you can build credibility faster, you can build tribe. And a lot of people are really like trying to go it alone in this world. And, and it's really because they're not tapping fully into their gifts and owning it. They're mm-hmm. trying to mask it and be like somebody else. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at branding and marketing as an example, that's the industry I'm in. There's a ton of people playing in that space. A ton of people, a ton of people who are offer those services. So imagine if I let that stop me. And I used to. I used to. Imagine if I let that, the fear of, oh, well, you know, saturation, there's too many people, da, da, da. At the end of the day, like, again, what you focus on is what you get. So if you really are focusing on all this competition, that's what you're going to be dealing with. That's what's going to be showing up for you. But mm. I believe, I truly believe that the reason I've been able to be successful in such a competitive industry it's because I don't freaking focus on that stuff. I actually, I actually love, like I support other people who are in my, I, I don't believe in putting other people down. I don't believe in the comparison game at all, actually. I believe that, I believe in different strokes for different folks. What, what some, some client may come to me and I'm perfect for them and how they work and what they need. And sometimes it may not be the case. And, they, and I refer them to that person, right? And I'm okay with that because I'm not living in a world of scarcity. I know there's more than enough clients out there for me. And the same thing goes with like confidence and women wanting to look a certain way and, and, or men trying to be or look a certain way, you know, that all of that is, is not being true to yourself. So you're actually what you're, what you begin attracting is actually things that aren't even in alignment with who you are, but you're actually accepting that in your experience because you're being fake. You're trying to be something you're not. So you're attracting things that you aren't either. It's actually a really interesting thing. Like when you actually break it all down, this was my life. I was attracting in because I was being fake. I was attracting the kind of things that were not in alignment with who I really was and, and the clients I really wanted because I was trying to please. I was in the state of always wanting to prove myself to others. So that's a lack of self-acceptance, right? So that when you're in the space of trying to grow your personal brand and you're really trying to step in the forefront and, and expand your company, it's really important to own and, and be true to all of your values, everything that you want, and then you're going to attract the clients who are in alignment with those values. I believe that that's why I have the clients I have, heart-centered entrepreneurs, is because I am been true to my heart along the way. I see the way that you show up and it's so beautiful and 
you are so courageous in, in what you really believe in. And I know that you're really about oneness. I know that you're really mm-hmm. about making sure that we're coming from love as often as possible. And, you know, I, I see it oozing through your content. <laughs> it's, it's just so awesome. And, you know, that's really confidence when you know what your mission and your vision is mm-hmm. and you th- show it through your actions, not just through your words, but through your actions. And, and I think that that's like, that's pure confidence right there. So it's yeah. just awesome. Thank you, Joel. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, a really important a, a important part, I mean, I know we're talking about, we kind of got sidetracked, but when you're rewriting the stories you tell yourself, right, about yourself, because a lot of the reasons why we're not showing up as the authentic uh, versions of ourselves, who we truly are, is because we are, we are, we're actually making up a story about that part of ourselves. We're actually saying, hey, uh, this part of me is means that people won't accept me or whatever the story may be. We're actually making that up. And so that's disempowering and it's actually creating tension within us and it's having us not show up as the real raw versions of us. So when you're rewriting the stories and for everyone listening, I, I really, really this is such a powerful practice. Get out a pen, get out a paper. You can do this now or do this on your own after the episode is write down the, the stories you're telling yourself now that you know aren't serving you. It can be about you personally, about the world. So these are beliefs either about yourself, uh, others, or the world, right? And these stories are not serving you. And when you identify, like we said before, the fake reward and the real cost of each of these stories, these limiting beliefs, then you can come to terms with, okay, this is why I've been doing this. Now you know, and you see what it's costing you. And then you decide, hey, is this really worth the cost? Is this fake reward worth the cost? Once you decide that answer is no, this is a whole process you can do on paper, then rewrite the stories. Rewrite the stories into something that actually forwards you into stepping into who you truly are, empowers you to be your bravest, boldest self. And then Joel, I'd love for you to talk about, because I I now include this other crucial part of the rewrite when we're rewriting stories of including a positive justification. And I'd love for you, because you taught me this. So I'd love for you to go into why that's so important. (laughs) Oh, it's so powerful. And, And the reason why it's powerful is because we need to understand the benefit of why we're committing to something or stating something or commanding something, right? And you do hear people make up uh, I call them BS justifications where you say, I really want to start a business, but, and then everything that precedes that is, is basically like an excuse, right? So Jordan Belfort told me this a long time ago. He said, everything before, but is bullshit. You know, <laughs> I, I really that. want to start a business, but yeah. now you've just given yourself permission to, to make an excuse, yep. which is so disempowering. And so if we flip it on its head and go, what's the opposite of that? A positive justification is, that when you say because, right, now because is the reason why you deserve to have that in your life or the reason why you deserve to go to that level. Now you have a better understanding. And what happens is your autonomic nervous system is about to go in to, to be in out of alignment and say, wait a minute, no, there's alarm here to tell you that you what you're saying is you're trying to fool yourself, but it's not gonna work with me, right? When you're unconscious mind. But when you justify it in a positive way, it goes, wait a minute, huh, that's what the new game plan is. I'm going to jump on board uh, with that so that we can make this happen. 
Yeah. And it's such yeah. a subtle little thing, but it's powerful. It's so powerful. I do it in my vision process. And, and actually, we, we talk about it all the time, like, how, like making sure we're so careful with our words. Mm-hmm. I see even the way that you are with your words too. You don't talk about should, can't, have to do this. You always say, I get to do this. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. It's actually really, so we're talking about, you know, the power in your words and the power of what you say. And, and uh, I, I really believe in the power of language. And so the words, yes, the words can't, can't is an obvious one. I think a lot of people will catch ourselves when we say that now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The less obvious ones are should. Uh, a lot of people are saying, I should do this, I should do that, or, or even to other people, you should do this and you should do that. So you're either shooting on yourselves and shooting on other people. Well, what a should is, is it's an expectation. Okay. And it comes from external, right? So you're either, when you're shooting on someone else, you're putting your expectations on them, which isn't fair because your expectation comes from your perception. Um, and if you shit on yourself, you're likely taking what is happening outside of you, other people's expectations of you, and you're putting that on you. So it's not coming from internal. It's, 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 not, it's not true. It's not coming from a space of love. It's coming from a space of expectation. So it just has a really, it harnesses a really negative energy. That's why I just, my whole goal is eliminating that from my book, vocabulary completely. And I'm like 80% there right now, you know, cause it's one thing I used to do all the time. I would shit on myself left and right multiple, probably even I would say in my head and what I, what I was saying out loud, probably hundreds of times a day is how much I would shit on myself <laughs> before. It's true. Cause you're either saying it out loud or you're thinking it. That's so, devastating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it has you, it, it, that is actually a form of self-betrayal because sh- shooting is not authentic. That's your, again, it's external expectation that you're putting on yourself. And then right. another, another really good um, one is hope. Uh, and hope it's different if you're saying like, Oh, I, I hope you had a great weekend. That's different. Okay. It's like, mm-hmm. I hope someday I'll be successful. <laughs> okay. Oh, I hope I'll, I'll go to the gym tomorrow. You know, yeah. those it's things. Like, it's like, who are you leaving that up to? If you go, oh, I hope that. It's like, exactly. well, is it you that's going to handle yeah. it or is, is like mm-hmm. someone else going to? <laughs> yeah, I, I call it a backdoor word. So I have, there's two backdoor yeah. words. There's hope and try. And both of those words, hope and try, are backdoor words. They leave a little backdoor open just in case it doesn't work out. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> so you're like, it's open for you if you just want to, oh, oh, okay, it's getting a little scary now. I'm just going to exit. Because remember, I only said that I hope it would work. I only said I would try. So if it doesn't happen, then that's okay. It's, it's a backdoor word. And so it, it scares people that commit. It's, it's actually a, a fear of commitment is really what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. For sure. I, lo- I love how your voice went a little then. You're like, I hope that is. <laughs> you're basically a picture of what it's like when you do that. You're shrinking yourself. Yep. Just Absolutely. like sitting in the wind like, oh, well, let's just see what happens. Yeah, you're playing small. It's playing small. It's exactly what that is. So, okay. So we got can't, uh, should, hope, try, uh, have to. Yes. Like you said, I, okay. Just think about like listeners right now. Think about when you say have to, like, oh, I have to go to the gym or I have to pick my kids up from school. Oh, I have to do this. What is the feeling that you get when you say that? When you say those words, have to, it feels like a chore, right? like an obligation, like something that you're kind of victim to, right? It's 
complete, has no power. There's no positive power in that word. It harnesses a lot of negative energy and it usually feels like, oh, I got this stuff on my shoulders that I'm carrying around. Like I have to do this. It's a drag. Okay. So one thing I've learned to do is to shift that and transform that into get to, which you hear me do this. I remember you'd call me out on it in the beginning, Joel. <laughs> I used to say, oh yeah, oh yeah, I get to, I get to uh, uh, clean my room or I get to do my laundry because, hey, I'm blessed enough to have an abundance of clothes to where I can do laundry. I can wash my clothes because I have clothes. I mean, it's, it's literally taking it to that level and shifting from a space of complaining to a place of gratitude. And that shift in and of itself is yeah. insanely, but you'll feel it in your body. You will literally feel lighter when you start shifting have to into get to. Yeah. This is such an important conversation that we have to audit our words because, you know, we have to, or we get to Joel. We, oh my gosh, I just, I, I, we, we get to audit our words. Oh, you're so good. You're so good. Guys, guys, Ashley has a new uh, course coming out, by the way. Uh, it's called Magnetic Confidence Course. So make sure you check it out. What's the link for that? It's magneticconfidencecourse.com. Oh, that's nice and easy. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening right now, you get to go to that link and check it out. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny because as I'm writing I've copy. i myself. <laughs> yeah, you, you have. You have. Great job. Um, but I have like some copywriters on my team and we write for, we do like writing for our clients and stuff. And I, I was just doing this. I was editing. I was proofreading this. Uh, I have a new content writer just came on board. And so she's still kind of getting to know the things in the process and how I, how I do things. And so she's, she wrote this article. It's so cute. There's so many times, like I probably fixed 10 times in the article, have to cross it out, get to, <laughs> have to cross it out, get to. And then also must, because like what you said, you, you said something just now, you, we, you were like, we have to think about our words or whatever you were just saying. That one yeah. for me is more like we must Okay. So must yeah. is another, is another, um, so that's using have to in a different way, right? So you're saying like, it is essential that we do this. Okay. But have mm. to, again, it still feels like an obligation. It feels, it doesn't feel good to say that. But if you say we must, you're willing yourself to do that. You're saying this is what we must do. And that is more powerful. It's actually empowering. Isn't that right? Like when you hear that word, like we must do that. It's like, it, it really wills you into action versus you have to do this, right? So I think that's another, yeah. another good replacement for that phrase, have to, is must, and then also get to, depending on the context. You're really on the ball today. Thanks for uh, picking up on me. <laughs> <laughs> of I course. Lucky, lucky I'm uh, in, in the practice of uh, being a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> oh, I am right there with you. Same, me too. <laughs> um, I heard something uh, this morning, and it, and it was along the lines of like, perfectionism is a fake version of control. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, Damn, That's it's, good. it's like because if you can make it perfect, then you won't stuff up and you won't be judged. Mm. So you keep thinking that you're going to control the outcome all the time and so you grab it so tight, but ultimately you're holding back from sharing amazing yep. things in this world because you just keep thinking that it needs to be a certain way. Yep. And, uh, and this is a big thing when it comes to confidence, right? It, you think that if, uh, you know, you can come from a place of making it look like spick and span that you're going to be accepted. Mm -hmm. Did you yeah. ever experience well, this? 
that, yeah. Because so that- like in your book, you went, you broke this down. We've talked about it a few times. Like you have quite a few parts of your story that you've shared. But is there anything that relates to perfectionism? Oh, I mean, that was <laughs> literally like, I, I really mean it where I have been on this journey and I was a complete perfectionist and, and I would, I mean, it's draining. It was draining and it would completely, it, it was so disempowering. It would make me feel less than, uh, because again, there, there is no such thing as perfect. So no matter what you do, you be, you're less than because there is no such thing as perfect. And it also, so I'm an analyzer personality type. Joel, you know this. I know this. Sure. <laughs> and, so, and so being not just a perfectionist, but also an analyzer personality type, oh my girl. I literally would be like, I, for me to take action on something, oh my God. In your, like, I know right now, one thing that you and I have in common now is we take action quickly. Okay, that's, yes. that's, that's a learned thing for me. Okay. Action is the antidote. It's the antidote. It is, it is, it is, it is. And, and, I, and I used to be hesitate, hesitate over analysis paralysis. I was literally analysis paralysis all the time because I was so scared of not getting it perfect. I was so scared of failing and all those things. So it would actually prevent me from taking action over and over and over again in my life. And I, of course, if you're not taking action, you're not seeing results. So that's why I wasn't seeing results in my life is because I was not being brave enough and courageous enough to, to step in and take action. And that had to do, of course, all comes down to confidence. I didn't have the confidence in myself to do it. And I didn't have the confidence in my imperfection and like the knowing that that's okay to be imperfect. Oh my gosh. This resonates so much with me. I, I don't know if it's uh it can be a big conversation within the entrepreneurial world. I find it's kind of like this gift and a curse where I, the one thing I know about you, Ash, is you can see it, even the way that you present yourself on social media, you pay a lot of attention to detail. And I think some people that may not pay as much attention to detail, may not be so much of an analyzer will see that and they may be inspired and go, I need to create like that. So then they go overboard to try and create it and they're slower moving and they're beating themselves up in the process. And I think it's really, Mm. it comes back to what you were saying before around like knowing what your type is. And then, you know, I know my type is heavily promoter um, is knowing more about yourself because if you can create that self-awareness, now you know how to really like move and jig and groove to what you need to, to, to better suit the way that yep. you put your work out there in the world. And you're not going to beat yourself up as much because you, you're starting to understand how you operate yep. and when to ask for support too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't, do, you can't go, go at it alone. Well, you can, you just won't be as powerful. I mean, there's no way that I would be where I am today and that I would be on the path I'm on if it wasn't for the tribe and the support system I've had along the way. So key. You you can't lone wolf it. And I used to be a lone wolf and I would try to do it alone. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I I think even to add to that too, because you and I had this conversation, it's like not having shame around asking for support because what shows up when you have to ask, it's, I'm not good enough. Admitting that I'm not good at this particular thing doesn't mean that I'm not good enough in general. And I think that we do that so often. If it's one particular thing, we, we lump it in with an overall story saying, well, that just mean, must mean that I'm just not good enough at all. And listen to this, Joel. That right there is an example of one of the BS stories that we tell ourselves. That is an example of a limiting belief, a limiting story. If I ask for support, 
I'm not good enough. You're that's a story. Yeah. That's a perfect example of a story that you may tell yourself if you're listening now. If you resist asking for support, it could be, it could be that if it means I'm not good enough, or it could be, uh, I I can't get support because I'm not worthy of it yet, or something like that. That's that's another example of a story around support, right? So right. these these are the beliefs that we must bring to light so that we can transform them into something that actually serves us because that is a BS story. And and you know how you can tell if it's a BS story or not? I do this. I used to do this with. Um, I actually do this still with my mom, but I used to do this too with my best friend, where we would say, uh, if I heard her saying something like that was a story, right? It's a belief. And I would say, she doesn't know it, right? Because she's just saying it as her truth in that moment. And I would say, oh, well, that's interesting. So do you absolutely know that that's true? And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, I'm like, oh, so 100%, if people don't, or if people support you, it means you're not good enough. Like 100%, you can absolutely 100% know that that's true. And then she would sit there and be like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> and like in that moment, it was like, you know, and that's the thing is sometimes we, you know, asking questions is the best way to, so I'll even ask myself that question. When I find that I'm thinking something that's draining my energy and doesn't feel good, I'll ask myself, can I 100% know that that's true? And if I, if the answer is no, then choose another story that you don't 100% know is true, but that actually makes you feel good. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> why choose, if you're going to choose a story at all, why choose the disempowering, icky feeling story over a story that actually could feel a lot better than that? I mean, you have the choice. So why not toss that icky story and replace it with one that actually feels better for you and is actually more empowering? Yes. Yes. True that. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. There was something that you uh, posted the other day and you put it in a Jordan Belfort quote and it says, um, the only thing standing between you and your dreams is the bullshit story you keep telling yourself as to why you can't achieve it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that echoes so deep. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love that quote. It's <laughs> so true. Yeah. So Ashley, how do we prioritize ourselves to really put ourselves first and be in the practice of this? Well, I'll tell you the number one reason that we don't prioritize, prioritize ourselves is because of the BS story, the one that we all know and love, I don't have enough time. Or my other favorite, I'm too busy. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I don't have enough time. Oh, no, I'm too busy. Oh, no, no. I, I can't get my nails done. Pfft, you don't have no, I have, I'm way too busy for that. Okay. <laughs> it's an example. I used to tell myself that. Um, but these things like, it, we, at the end of the day, listen, it all comes down to what matters to you. So let's take this example. If you're like, say you are the busiest person in the world, like literally busiest person, then all of a sudden your leg snaps in half. All of a sudden, well, you make time to go to the hospital. Of course. <laughs> okay. Now, now that's an obviously an ag aggressive example, but the point of that is slightly morbid. <laughs> it is a little morbid. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you got a visual there. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but the point is we make time for what matters to us. We make time for what matters to us or like we're getting to the point where we have to be actually caused pain in our lives to make a decision that, that of like a healthy decision for ourselves, which you don't want to get to that point. Right. Um, so 
what I like to say too is that it comes down to people because, okay, at the end of the day, if you're doing what matters to you, the question then becomes, what actually does matter to you? Like, what are your priorities? What do you care about? And if you list those things out and you realize that you have not, like, say health matters to you, but you've been too busy to go to the gym and eat healthy, well, can you really say that that matters to you? Because your actions aren't aligning with that. So that's another BS story that you get to transform. Like you get to become a master of time, okay? Don't, not a victim of time. When you are saying, I don't have enough time, that's coming from a space of lack and scarcity. You are letting the time or rather the lack of time control and dictate your decisions. You're giving your power away to time. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we all have the same amount of time. We're all given the same amount of time. We all have equal opportunity on how we choose to use the time we've been given. So it, it, it all comes down to being a master of time and having strong, powerful priorities. I love it. That's it. And, and you know, I think that being, when you said being in the practice, I like that, that word there, practice. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at people like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and Oprah Winfrey. I mean, these people were practicing, practicing. They, they didn't just do it overnight. It happened over a long period of time and they stayed back late. They were the last people to leave, you know, the office or the court. Like they were there all the time perfecting their craft. They were always, when they went home, they were still learning about it. You hear the stories. That's why I love reading biographies and autobiographies to really understand what goes on in the mindset of champions in this world. It's just that they've really practiced more than anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and it really takes them up to the top of their game. Now, I wanted to ask you, Ash, you have a lot of clients that you coach, right? Obviously, you have this new program that you, you've just put out, Magnetic Confidence. And uh, what do you find is the biggest struggle that you see your clients struggling with? And then what shift do you notice in most of these people that you're like, wow, this is like why I really love doing what I do? Yeah. So I would say the number one that I see is fear of judgment, fear of judgment and fear of rejection. So, yeah. so that's the reason why they're not showing up. That's the reason why they're not in a relationship. That's the reason why they're not getting the clients they want. Um, cause they're not putting themselves out there because they're afraid of judgment and rejection once they do put themselves out there. So, uh, remember we talked about embracing the darkness, right? And seeing the beauty and the contrast. Well, that's exactly what this is what it takes in order to move past this fear. So here's fact. People will judge you, period. The quicker you can come to peace with that fact, the less it's going to affect you. So just accept that people are going to judge you. And guess what? The more you show up, the bigger you are, the more people will judge you. That's it. And so the more you come to, like, to terms with that and you're like, you embrace the fact that that's it, that's truth. It goes for every person. Even like Oprah, she has thousands, hundreds of thousands of haters, I'd bet, right? But does oh, yeah. she let that stop her? Actually, so this is a, a really powerful shift. And I, I coach my clients on this, yes, is, okay, accepting that it's true and we, we create meanings. We talk about, we've, we've been talking about this this whole time, creating stories. We're meaning making machines. So we're creating, it's not, I always challenge my clients with this. I say, it's not the judgment you're afraid of. And they're like, huh? No, 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 I am. I'm afraid of judgment. I'm like, no, no, no. 
It's not the, it's not the judgment you're afraid of. It's what you're making that judgment mean about you. Mm. That's what you're afraid of. Bingo. And they're like, oh, and I said, so what are you making it mean about you? And for those of you listening, if you have a fear of judgment, ask yourself, what am I making those judgments mean about me? It's your interpretation that you're scared of. It's what you're making it mean. So my new interpretation of haters, I think I was just talking to you, to you about this, Joel, is yeah. I see the more haters I get, that means that's a, it's showing me that that's me playing a bigger game. So the more haters I get, the more successful I am. The more haters I get, the bigger I'm playing. That, and that actually forwards me. So it's funny. I, the other day I was just, I think I was telling you this, Joel. I was like, you know yeah. what? I haven't gotten enough haters recently. Like I, I, gotta, I, I get to step up, you know? But, but that's the thing. It's like I've created a healthy relationship with the haters and the trolls and all the, you know, I've created a healthy relationship with it and I don't let it stop me. I actually find it as evidence to me playing a big game. So again, it's just a simple, it all comes down to what we've been talking to this whole time, Joel, is shifting the story, creating a new story that forwards you instead of holds you back. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. We shared something kind of addicted to success the other day. It said, you'll never be criticized by someone who is doing more than you. You will only be criticized by someone doing less. Mm. It's yeah. so true. It's so yeah. true. You just, you just got to hug the haters, man. You just got to hug the haters. You know what? Send, <laughs> send them so much love. Like I, send them love, have compassion because Gary, actually Gary V talks about this all the time. He actually, I feel like I just saw a video of him saying something like, like, you know what? Uh, I feel sorry for the haters, you know, saying something like that. It's because, you know, they take time out of their day to type up a long rant hating on me. <laughs> you know? And so, <laughs> so he's like, I feel sorry for them that they're wasting their time bringing hate into the world. Like they, they must be going through yeah. so much pain internally to, to, to be wanting to inflict their pain onto other people. And that's a, a really powerful thing to realize too, is like, hey, hurt people hurt people. And if, if, and this can go for anyone in your life, not just the haters, it's like typically they're going through some form of pain internally on their own and they're projecting it. You know, that we have a, a lot of people are projectors, you know, they're projecting what they're going through onto other people. So at the end of the day, it's also realizing, Hey, it's not about you. It's really not. So don't take it personally. That's the, that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Ashley, this has been such an amazing interview. Wow, what a powerful conversation. I really appreciate you jumping in and sharing your words of wisdom with my audience today. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, I knew it because you and I, when we flow, we flow. So I was really excited to come on here with you, Joel. Thank you so much for having me. It's very magnetic and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ash, how can we find you online? Yes. Uh, so on Instagram, at Ashley.Han, that's H-A-N-N. And my website's ashleyhan.com. And then my Magnetic Confidence Course is just magneticconfidencecourse.com. There you go. Don't sit on the fence. Don't delay. If you're feeling like you need to do the work and you heard Ashley breaking down what it really means to step into your confidence, make sure that you go to magneticconfidencecourse.com and jump in today. What, when does it uh, close out? Because you've got a date where it closes out, right? Yeah, last day is... Uh, the 29th of this month, but it's filling up quick already. So I have a feeling it may close even sooner than that. Oh yeah. So 29th of June is the latest, but it may close sooner than that. So jump onto it. All right. Don't delay. Remember we said action is the antidote. Jump in. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So Ashley, 
One last question. We end every interview with this last question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Mm, Okay. The only way that others can love, accept, and appreciate you is by you loving, accepting, and appreciating yourself. Everything starts with you. Every result, everything that's showing up in your life is because of you. You are source. So the more you can love, accept, embrace, and invest in you, the more you will see the fruits of your life blossom. The more you love yourself, the more you'll love your life. And that's it. 